3: This segment is brought to you by Jigmaster Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to Jigmasters.com and use promo code PNF20 and save 20% off your next jig order today.
1: You're listening to Bad Fishing for News, on the Paddle and Finn Podcast with your hosts Ryan Milford and Sean Lambert. Welcome back to Best Fishing for Noobs on the Paddle and Fin Podcast. I'm Ryan. We got Sean in here.
3: Hey, what's up, guys?
1: And tonight, um, you know, I've been accused of being a poacher. If anybody caught out the last, uh, the last Final Cast episode, Brad called me a poacher, which I, I guess I can, uh, if the shoe fits, wear it. Uh, I guess I can take that because... I like to uh, when I hear other guests on other segments, and like I I hear them mention something that I think's cool. I like to bring them on here and talk about it. So that's exactly what I did tonight. Tonight we have Mister Jody Queen back on here. It you know if you don't know jody <laughs> J- jody if, if you if you're new to kayak bass fishing you may not know jody but Jody's one of the biggest names in kayak bass fishing right now you know i'm a big fan of them. and we had i had him on back in january i believe it was the very first episode that aired in 2020 for bass fishing for noobs um Back in January, and went over using the jackhammer and everything. That's that's still one of like a really popular episode. So if you haven't checked it out, check it out. But we got him back in here. So welcome back to the show, Mr. Queen.
4: Thanks, guys. I appreciate you having me.
1: Well, we appreciate you coming on here. You know, we're we're, we're the little people, and you know, you're you're way up there. So you coming on here, at,
2: oh, we we man. love it. I, I, yeah.
1: I learned something every, every, every tournament, I learned something.
4: I learned something from somebody who's been fishing for a year, I've I, you know, six months. I just had a young guy in here uh, this evening who was just so excited, you know, because he just started fishing, and he's just now getting into kayak fishing, and, and, you know, I mean, he's telling me things some things about some baits that I've never used. I mean, he, and he just started, and so, you know, we all, we all have something to learn from each other, you know, and it's just, you know. Sh- what we have to do is remember to share it, you
3: know. Well, we appreciate you being willing to share because that definitely helps oh, yeah. uh, us <laughs> too. So, <laughs>
4: yeah, hey, I, I share. A lot. I mean, if, if anybody anybody out there that knows me, I
1: I share quite a bit, and it, so far it hasn't seemed to hurt me. So until it does, I'm just going to keep doing it. <laughs>
2: hey,
1: I'm I'm pretty sure Sean is pretty excited for this episode because we we didn't really say what we're going to talk about yet, but uh, the yeah. other night. Um, Mr. Queen was on the reel down with Dan and Jimmy and, you know, uh, talked about, uh, using a spinnerbait up on the Susquehanna yep. river, uh, yep. and, and, you know, winning and Sean lives really close to where y'all were fishing at. So Sean, oh, I'm really? sure is very excited for this episode right yep, now. Nice.
3: <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> I almost fished it to, uh, the, my, uh, the local kayak anglers of central PA had a tournament that same time in the same area that you guys yep. were in. And, um I fished a few of the central uh, PA kayak anglers, man. That's a great group. You guys did yeah. great. So I, I unfortunately couldn't fish it, uh, for whatever reason, but, um, uh, I, uh, you were pretty much in my backyard. So, uh, I am <laughs> so crazy. happy that's... to, uh, <laughs> yeah. to get some tips for that. I mean, cause I can really apply sure. this. Sure. I should probably be asking you tips. You live right there. (laughs) (laughs) I've been using inline spinners and it's been working for me right now. That's what I've been using.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, we asked Jody to come on here tonight to talk about using spinner baits. And I'm really interested in the specific setup that he mentioned the other night, but Mm -hmm. you know, I'd also like to talk a little bit about like spinner baits in general. Okay. Um, so, first off, I, I want to go over, I'd like to ask you a little bit about the setup you throw it on, because something that I noticed when you were talking to Dan and Jimmy was you said you left the chatterbait rod at home, or left it at camp, or wherever, you didn't take it out there left, with you. No, I left it in the truck, yeah. And some something that got me with that, which, I mean, you probably own a lot more rods than I do, but <laughs> I I would throw the... I would throw a spinnerbait on the same rod that I would throw a chatterbait on. So, and, am and, I doing you something? Probably should. Okay. Uh, and a lot of people do.
4: Uh, you know, Red Hot. I mean, he's the guy that designed the thing. You know, I mean, he he's going to tell you that you know a. I think he throws a lot of his on 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 a uh, a heavy glass rod uh, because it has. And he'll explain to you that when you're throwing a chatterbait, you know, you want that backbone about a third of the way down your rod, and that rod has that backbone. And you want a, a softer tip, but you want that heavy backbone when you get into the fish. And uh, and there's there's a few different uh, <laughs> schools of thought on that. You know, for me, it's geographical with the chatterbait. I know we'll get on to the spinnerbait in a minute, but... I throw a fast tip medium heavy rod. Uh essentially if you go to a seven three you're getting a little bit of a spongier tip than you are if you're using a shorter rod. So it kind of makes up a, a little bit for that, not as much as the glass rods like red hot, you know. But uh I'm usually fishing a lot of heavy grass. Uh and I like to be able to take that chatterbait and stick it in that grass. Now, if I'm in heavy drill, I like to be able to get that real quick jerk out of it. So I need a little, just a little more toward the tip of my rod than I do that I would get with a, a softer tip. Uh, now, I'm, I'm saying that because I know for a fact that you can use this, the softer tip rods in, in areas when where you're not using that kind of, fishing that kind of cover, you know, they, and they do real well. They do real well. Uh, they're a single hook, just like a spinner bait. So, you know, a lot of guys like that softer tip you know because it's a single hook and then you know they can throw it uh once they get those blades flopping and get that bait turning you know i mean it's it's the the design of the spinner bait. i mean if you, it's kind of made to be thrown by the fish you know really uh so they you need that softer tip so they can pull you know kind of pull on it and it kind of wears them down before they can get it up out of the water and, and sling it back at you
3: <clears throat> so that made me uh, kind of happy too just hearing that uh that in your practice fishing that you didn't have a lot of luck with chatterbaits because i after listening to yeah. you on ryan's show before i you know started with him um I, I remember going out like the next weekend and throwing it like crazy and i just didn't have the same kind of luck yeah. and i was just like what you know am i doing so? i figured I, i'm like it's got to be me if it's working for him it's, yeah. it's, it's got to <laughs> be me so um i just you know, i've yeah. I've had a few, a little luck with it on the river, but definitely not, not as much as I was hoping. The the chatterbait yeah. is is not my favorite
4: river uh, lure. It's really not, but it, it can be effective. I have won tournaments with the chatterbait, but it's usually specific conditions, high water, you know, heavy stain, fish are heavily positioned because of the high water you know they're tucked in behind logs they're in an eddy they're you know so yeah the, it has its place in the river uh, environment but i actually do real well on spinnerbaits in a river setting and that's mostly where i throw a spinnerbait the, the river is a great place to throw spinnerbaits uh, they're very versatile bait you can drag them across rocks they're, you still have laid downs in rivers but uh you have current and they do well in current uh you might want to change i mean i use a uh, a style of, of spinnerbait. That uh, I don't know if you guys can see this or not, but. This. Is a Colorado blade. You can see it's kind of a teardrop shape. Uh, what I will do a lot of times is and now this particular spinnerbait is a war eagle. It's a 516ths. It's kind of an in between weight, but it, it works really well in the river. Uh, it's it's light enough to where you can quickly change the uh, position of it in the water column. Uh, it reacts well to you pulling it up or letting it drop. Uh, it has a pointed nose on it, so if you are in some grass, I mean it comes through grass real well. Um, but I'll take a lot of these come with a uh, a Colorado blade already or a, what I call It's either uh, Wargill has this thing. It's a, it's kind of a beveled blade. It's a. Uh, it's got a little bevel in, in the middle of it. And these are good blades stock right out of the package. I don't know if you can see that bevel or not on it. It's got a little mm-hmm. crease in it. Uh, they work great right out of the package. Uh, but I usually re- replace them with these number fives. This is a 4.5, but I'll take a Hildebrandt uh, gold blade a lot of times and replace that blade with them because it just gives you a lot more thump and it also creates a different way to use this this spinnerbait. You can take this spinnerbait and if you see a laid down or a log or a rock whenever you're uh, pulling this across that cover if you kill it and when I say kill it I mean just stop reeling it when you come across that that piece of structure if you stop it it has a helicopter effect when it when it drops a lot more than these smaller blades do. And you can see the difference in the size of these blades. If I can get it up here for you. I mean, this blade right here pretty much will fit behind this blade. You know, it's just it's just made different. But this style of blade, this Colorado blade is mainly used in like real heavy stained water. uh, Because it has that real heavy thump to it. Uh, Whereas, you know, if you're using a, a willow leaf blade like this, it has a lot less thump to it. Uh, and I'll get into some of the willow leaf blade uses here in a minute, but <clears throat> just call a rod, uh blade right here and a number five and I use a Hilda branch. You can pick them up at Bass Pro Shop or you can order them from probably tackle warehouse or any of those companies that are out there that, that sell such things. I'll put it in place of the original blade on these and I'll also take the skirt. Now, mainly These skirts that I use on these are mainly good for river smallmouth. Uh, I learned about this spinnerbait, learned how and and tested it and figured it out while fishing for smallmouth. I've never used this setup in a lake setting. It's always been in the river, so I don't know how it will act. You can take it out yourself and and experiment with it in a lake if you like. But I was telling somebody once before, any of these skirts that look kind of like a wasper, I know that's the colors of a wasper, the old brown wasp, they got all those light browns and dark browns and and reddish hues to them, copper hues, any of those skirts like that, a black and brown uh, banded, when I say brown, it's usually like a brown pumpkin or a green pumpkin, these darker skirts, this seems to be the best Combination of blade and skirt that I've ever used in a smallmouth river setting, when you have that stained water, and uh, I, I was catching them on, on the Suski. I caught a few of them out of clear water on on this bait, uh, which really surprised me. They just there's something about the thump and the, and the shape and the size and and the the rate of retrieve. They just like it. Uh, smallmouth, of course, we all know, are a lot more aggressive than largemouth, so. Maybe that has something to do with it, but they just didn't seem to mind that it was a big heavy thumb and blade in, that, in a dark skirt in that clear water. It mimics crawfish or, or maybe a rock bass or something like that, so I think that has something to do with it, too, as part of their, their natural forage. Now, I used that on day one. We, we had some rain up there on day one on the Susky, and we kind of had three different kind of... Uh, colors of water at that time we had a real you hoo looking water we had a cloudy water and then we had a real clear water and i stayed in the cloudy water and the stained water with with this this bait that day on day one and did real good
1: now i can't it's hard to tell from uh, the video here is that a silver blade or a gold blade no <clears throat> i prefer the gold blades uh you know a
4: lot of people use the the gold blades instead uh, a lot of people use the silver blades in 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 clear water uh, but i prefer the gold blades just about it uh there's some exceptions to that rule but most of the time i'll i'll go with the gold blade and i said you do just fine with them
1: now as far as um, like the weight on the spinnerbait do you match that mm-hmm. with whatever color blade that you use
4: Uh, not the weight uh i like the it's kind of an in-between weight uh and i'm sure other spinnerbait bait companies probably make that weight i'm not real sure but war eagles they make a that weight is a 5 16th and you can find them they're fairly easy to, easy to find a lot of tackle stores carry them. i think walmart carries them and uh i've been using them for a long time and i've used a lot of different spinner baits in the, still love those spinner
3: baits i mean they're just a great all round spinner bait. and where do you uh where do you get the skirts like you're saying swapping out the skirts are they just you yeah. just buy a pack of skirts then
4: well yes uh and they usually come in packs of, of five i think i don't know if you can see these or not um uh, but uh and these are jig skirts and if okay. you notice uh, and if you notice on jig skirts, there's a little bit wet here. Uh, the collar, the rubber collar, you have a short end like mm-hmm. here, and then you have a long end on them like here. And always use the long end up against the head of the spinner bait. Because it gives you more. More frill back this way. That's the way I use them. Now some people say that, you know, if you use the short end, that this kind of acts like a trailer, the long end does. But a lot of times I'm not using a, a trailer hook on these, so I'll use it like that so that my hook is right at the end of the skirt. That way when they hit, they're they're getting the hook. So, But yeah, you can buy them Bass Pro Shops. Um, that's really the only place that I've found that, that actually carries them with any regularity. Uh, they have a whole section I'm probably gonna. I mean, this is my section of them.
1: I'm probably gonna make some of my own whenever I, you know. I I used to make jigs, so uh, I got I got a bunch of skirt material and stuff. So I'm pro- after this, I'm probably about to make up some throw them on <laughs> some spinner baits. Yeah, I've had a, a huge reaction to uh,
4: the show the other night when I was talking about those spinnerbaits. baits, and uh, I planned on after the season winds down a little bit, I'm I'm gonna make some of these. And and try to. I've never made them before, but I'm going to make some of them and and put them out there and see if people see if I get a reaction to them. If people want them, I'll continue to make them as fast as I can to whoever wants them. But uh, I call it my New River special <laughs> because I mean I've made them for you know ten or fifteen of my friends and they love them. Uh, but they uh, they that, catch
3: fish.
1: They catch smallmouth. I can tell you that. But might be a good name for the queen river special there you go yeah i'll have you name it one.
3: just keep it quiet for a little bit so i can try it out before everything <laughs> yeah <out of>
4: it'd <laughs> yeah. be like the year of the plopper
3: it's exactly what's gonna happen yeah
1: everybody
4: uh, every fish in the country will see them and they'll just quit hitting them all at once <laughs> but, uh, on day two man up there i, I was going to show you this bait uh this is a this is a three-eighths ounce Strike King Pro model. It's got a nice. It bumps well across rocks and 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 uh, and stuff for logs and stuff. But you know, on day two up there, the water got real clear, and this is a good spinner bait for clear water. It's got a nice white skirt on it. it. This is a solid white skirt, but I also like to use like the pearl uh, iridescent skirts uh, in real super clear water. It mimics, you know, emerald shiners or, you know, any of the, the bait fish there that have that translucent look to them. Uh, I also opted in that real clear water. I went to a, this is a Indiana blade. I don't know if you can see this. I'm going to show you, let me show you the
1: difference. And anybody watching on YouTube, uh, if you want to jump on YouTube and check it out, you'll be able to see what he's holding up here. I know uh, on the podcast, y'all won't be able to, see it right but this this is a indiana blade it's got more of a
4: teardrop look to it i mean it's elongated and this is your colorado blade see how much more round this blade is Mm -hmm. this blade has a lot more thump to it this colorado does and this is a little more subtle it still has a lot of good thump to it uh It'll increase the speed of the spinnerbait a little bit because it it just moves through the
1: water. It's a little more uh, uh, hydrodynamic, I guess. That one almost and most of these reminds me of the. It almost reminds me of the bill of a deep dive and crankbait, from what I can tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does. It does. It actually has that shape to it. Yeah. Uh, Most of these
4: spinnerbaits, uh, the second blade on them is like a, a. it's a number two Colorado, a lot of them and this style of bait and I, I very very rarely change. Uh, some baits I will, but nine times out of ten I don't even fool with that one. I just leave it on there. It's usually pretty good uh, the way it is. It's a number two a size two, oh excuse me size two. Uh, these pro models are really nice spinner baits. They come with the trailer hook already on them. If you want to use the trailer hook, I leave the trailer hooks on on these, just because they have a type of skirt that is elongated in the middle. See how long that is, Mm -hmm. and that that way it acts as a trailer. So if I've got that long skirt on the end of it, I want to hook back there in the end of that skirt, so that when those fish, if they're hitting short on the end of that skirt, they'll get that hook. Whereas on the other one I showed you the skirt stop at the end of the, the the main hook. So I don't use, I don't always use a trailer hook with that spinnerbait. With with these I do. They got a nice elongated skirt on them and it acts as a trailer. When it comes through the water, it pulsates. So it's got a great action. These are great spinnerbaits too. They're The Strike King Pro models. See how that skirt hangs down? That Indiana blade is really good in clear water, and I can use gold or silver or whatever. I just have this happens to be
1: gold, and it's good in, in stained water. Uh, now, what yeah, do you con- what do you consider clear water? You know, I I feel like that's kind of dependent on the person a little bit. It is. You know? uh, I mean, for me, I mean, fishing the rivers and stuff all my life up here
4: in the mountains. I mean, it, it takes a lot of rain to really get get them muddied up but clear water to me is a I mean visibility around I don't know three feet you know if you can see three feet down into it it's it's fairly clear to me um, okay you know stained water maybe two feet muddy water is six inches or less probably but uh three to four
1: feet if you can see three to four
4: feet down in it
1: to me that's clear all right, that that's about the same as I feel about it. But
4: yeah.
1: now, gin clear, you
4: can see eight, ten, fifteen feet. <laughs> you know, that's super clear, ultra, ultra clear, I guess. But
1: yeah, I, I ran yeah. into some of that water back in uh like April, and I had no idea what to do. I had, there were some fish on bed and. You know, we were fishing the live bracket tournament we've been doing here at Paddle and Fin, and yeah. I, you know, it was so clear. I could see them in, like, it was, like, 12 to 15 foot of water, crystal clear. Wow. And, yeah, that's tough. Yeah, and I, I, I never could get one. Of them. I sat there for, like, two hours. There were several fish around this uh this submerged tree, but I couldn't get them to bite anything. Those Those fish are tough. Uh, sometimes you got to kind of
4: rely on their base instincts and maybe, you know, throw something in them that they, just a real natural predator that they can't let go through, you know? I mean, I don't know. It's tough fishing clear water. A lot of people will throw a white jig. Uh, Some people will throw a, I've even taken a a white tube jig and rigged a drop shot where it's only about six inches above my my weight and drop them into those nests. And sometimes I'll get a reaction, sometimes I won't. Uh, yeah, those those are tough fish to catch. You know, light line helps, but uh, yeah, that's a tough situation you get those fish to hit
1: sometimes. If they see you, you're done. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they saw me. And then like it was in this small channel that was like maybe 15 foot wide, And there was a bass boat in the back of it, and I was in there fishing, and they came and went right over top of these fish. So, (laughs) You know, I'll tell you
4: a technique that I've used uh, on several real clear water fisheries during the spawn is, you know, if I find those fish, uh, I'll mark a waypoint on top of them. I mean, I don't mind being on top of them to mark the waypoint. And then I'll go do something. I'll leave that area for 25, 30 minutes, and then I'll come back and just pull my waypoint up, up and just stay off of it, you know, and just cast cast on that, you know, try to drag something slow through like a, a Senko or, a, you know, a, a, a bang stick, a Z-man bang stick or something like that, you know, and sometimes you'll pick those fish up. They'll forget about you, you know, and if they don't see nothing else around, they tend to relax a little bit. So a lot of times if you let them cool down a little bit, get off of them and don't get back on top of them. If you can throw
1: in them without getting on top of them a lot of times they'll they'll come around a little bit. I have to try that if I'm ever in that situation again <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sure you will be it just yeah, you will <laughs> it'll happen to you again. So we you know to rewind, rewind a little bit we talked about you know the rod that you throw it on. Or that you would throw it on. I know you. You said you actually were throw was throwing it on like a jig and worm rod, right? Yeah. And that you know, that was kind of crazy to me. That.
4: Well, you know, if I was in a lake setting, that that would be a little different. Uh, there's there's a lot of variables when you're in a river. Uh, the area I was fishing had a lot of current. Uh, I was I was throwing in the current, but some of my line was actually laying I was throwing into some of the softer current but my line was actually laying in the current sometimes you know when I was bringing it out they were so tight to the bank and anything that creates uh, a swag in your line that creates that slack I really want something to pull that slack out and get a hook set on those fish you know in a in a, in a lake situation you don't have to worry about that uh, you know, I like a little softer rod if I'm fishing these spinner baits in a, in a lake. I'll, I'll throw a uh, maybe a a medium ha- heavy, medium fast tip, you know, in a 7.3 or something like that in a lake lake situation. Uh, but in the rivers, man, I, I tell you, I'm just about all medium heavy fast tip rods. I mean, it, it's just because a lot of current is in there, and I'll use fluorocarbon for the low stretch. I never use braid. I mean I everybody says use braid, but I never use braid. I just never was a braid fan, you know.
0: Don't, I've got one rod rigged with, with
4: with braid and it's a, it's actually a topwater rod that I throw big whopper floppers and and uh, big buzz baits and that's that's about it.
1: Yeah, I'm the same way there. Um, what about uh like do you do braid to floral leader or do you do like straight fluoro? i straight floor
4: i'm straight fluoro all the way dude i don't throw anything less than 17 pound tests unless i'm throwing a, a, a crankbait and using a crankbait rod i'll throw a 14 but i never dip below 14. i don't throw 10s 12s nothing i don't care how clear the water gets that's just me i mean you know I, that's what i do i throw 20 20 pound fluoro on all my jig rods uh and 17 on everything else chatter bait I throw 17 and 20 on with chatter chatterbaits. Chatter uh, jigs are 20 pound. Uh, Spinnerbaits, I throw 17 pound test. I have dropped down to 15, you know, but 17 pound test. It's,
1: I don't know why. It's just, it's, <laughs> it works. Yeah, for if me, it works. You know? Hey, yeah, it obviously works. You know, you got yeah, I mean, to it it back it behind you. I mean, $6,400 from. Hobie, so you what, know. what i'm gonna <laughs> hate is, is
4: down the road when i find out that if i'd have been throwing 12 pound tests i'd have won even more tournaments <laughs> but, but as of right now i'm okay
1: with what i'm what i've got what you don't know won't hurt you that's <laughs> right what i don't know won't hurt me that's uh right. man there was something i was gonna ask about what you oh are you are you still using that uh, uh berkeley vanish fluorocarbon i am I'm using Berkeley Vanish
4: fluorocarbon. I've, you know, since we've talked, I, uh, I won a couple spools of the Sunline, the Sniper, uh, mm-hmm. Sniper FC, FC, and I've used yeah. it. For things I've about I've used it. It's it's a it's a decent line. Uh, my Vanish, I like my Vanish better. I, it's, and I could be off my rocker. You might think, well, wow, that guy's crazy. I just. I just like the vanish line. It works for me. I've had, I hooked a 19-inch smallmouth on this last tournament that took me into a laydown and sat there. And I'm telling you, it sawed that line back and forth like this. It was him. It was me. It was him. It was me. And I, that line came out of there. It never had a nick on it. it didn't have anything. I had a 18-inch smallmouth that I caught off of a, a big rock pile in, in current, and he hit it in the push water and stayed in the push water and went around the ledge and I'm pulling him across that rock at the end of that ledge there's a big rock at the end of the ledge and I'm pulling him across that rock and I get that fish in and that line is it's still intact so I have no problem with it I've had guys say oh it's got too much memory it's uh, it breaks on me
1: uh, I just never I've never had a problem with it well, it's like we were saying right before we started recording, when we were talking, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, you know.
4: Right. If yeah, it works for it,
1: you. I've never really
4: had a problem with fish breaking it off. But now I'm using 17-pound test for about everything. you got to remember mm-hmm. that, too. I mean, if you drop down into, into uh, 14 and 12 and stuff, there may be a problem down there. I don't know. I couldn't tell you. But... uh but for me as far as i know from 17 to 20 i dude i have no problem with that line at all
3: i'm gonna ask a question about trailers i do you do not use trailers on uh spinner baits is that like a I, i always figured well if there's a hook maybe a trailer would be okay but is it generally not a not something you do it's generally not something that i do uh now I
4: have, I've had. There's been some situations where I have uh, used a trailer, but
3: I'd say 90% of the time I don't use a trailer. Well, after uh, listening to you uh, in, on that other one, I did the the next time I went out, I did throw one, but I threw it with the trailer on it first, and I felt like I couldn't keep it down. Like I felt like that trailer was yeah. really messing with the retrieve, and uh, as soon did as I took have, it off, but, I. Go did ahead. you have a
4: boot? Was it a boot tail trailer?
3: Yeah. yeah, It was why. a high tech. Yep. And,
4: and what happens is it just creates creates a lot of lift. There are some some situations where that will work to your advantage if you're if you need that lift. Uh, but for me, nine times out of ten, I don't need it. Uh, they used to make a little trailer that was a I can't remember. I think Strike King made them. All they were was a like a white piece of, of, of rubber, and it had two little. Legs appendages that came off of it, yeah. I got and some I of those. Throw, I used to throw that, but if you look at these, it's the same they, thing, it's, yeah. already, it's already there, it's already
3: there. So, actually, I mean, what what happened is a, a fish actually hit it, tore my swim bait, and so I just took it off and started throwing it. And I was like, this is working way better, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of times if they're committing to that spinner bait, and like, say,
4: like. <clears throat> You know if you keep your skirt, skirt short that's that's what they're getting they're getting that hook That hook, is right at the end of that skirt and there's enough skirt there to, to disguise it and it gives it body if, they, if they're committed to the spinnerbait then that's why you're throwing it anyway so i mean they're, they're busting it pretty good now i've seen times when uh, the situations that i'm speaking of is like on like lake washington lanier uh, even Hartwell, I mean, those lakes that have a, a large spotted bass population, uh, trailer hooks and, and trailers a lot of times will, will come in handy for you because a lot of times they smack at it or they just nip at it, and uh, that can get, get you some extra fish if you're fishing lakes like that that have, have a large spot population, but a lot of times largemouth and smallmouth, man, they're going to gobble that thing. You know, okay. I don't have much of a problem with them. Plus, a kid. You know, if you're using a trailer hook, sometimes you, you can't throw into the brush real heavy. Uh, you'll you'll have some problems hanging up. And if you're using like this is a this is a three quarter ounce double willow leaf spinner bait. It's got a trailer hook on it, and it's got mm-hmm. the, the long skirt for a, like a trailer. And mm-hmm. if you're throwing that into into deep cover, you ha- if you do hang up, you're going to lose that spinner bait.
2: You know right I mean?
4: yeah uh, now now there's some exceptions to that rule these strike kings they have a real thin head on them they dive real well and the way the hook is positioned on here and the way they have the trailer hook on here it it does pretty good uh, it doesn't hang up a whole lot but it will hang up on you uh, yeah and this you know when i'm fishing the lakes a lot of times, and what I'll do is, you see, I, on this particular spinner bait, you have willow leaves. Can you see those? Yep. They're the long, elongated blades, and uh, and basically, what I these blades right here are mimicking the forage that they're feeding on. Now, these these big spinner baits, if you have a lot of shad, you, you know, just look at the shad and look look what's swimming around, and try to match those shad with these with the size of your of your willow blades, and a lot of schooling fish—they love these willow blades. I mean, you do real good on them. Uh, these willow blades will do real good in, in grassy areas. They—they they tend to come through the grass real well. They've got a decent vibration, but they're not real heavy thumping vibration like the Colorado blade is, and they do real real good in lake situations. Uh, I don't use them much in in the in the rivers for smallmouth, but largemouth. This is a this is definitely a go-to bait for me. I'll drop these three-quarter ounces, dude. I I can drop them down eight to ten feet on top of brush piles, and just rake them across the top of them a lot of times, and 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 uh, that's where those big fish live. And now, you know, if you match the hatch with these blades, a lot of times you'll you'll uh, you'll catch those fish. This is this is probably one of my all-time favorite spinnerbaits. This spinnerbait is about, I don't know, maybe 20, 25 years old. <laughs> and this is a Roland Martin big bass, man, and you can't hardly find them anymore. Uh, Blue Fox made these for Roland Martin, uh, and they got a monster, monster willow leaf on it. I don't really know what size that is. It's probably an eight or even bigger. I don't know, but it, it's it's a huge, huge, huge. <laughs> this is the normal willow leaf that comes on a half ounce or three quarter ounce. But slide but it over
1: a little bit. I can't see them both. Let's see. Yeah. Keep Double going. Keep, yeah. There you go. Going. Going a little bit. Yeah. Yeah that
4: yeah, that roller that Roland roll Martin is probably almost probably three quarters of an inch longer
3: yeah you can definitely see that's huge so that makes me
1: wonder because i got a couple here that are they look big to me they may they may Uh not actually be as big as those but yeah yeah they they do well i don't remember what brand they are especially in
4: you know you get around those big schools of shad and and you know down south you got a lot bigger bait fish and stuff. You got a lot bigger bass. And basically that's what he was doing when he come out with that, that big old blade like that. I mean, he knew that those are big bait fish for big bass down there and they work real well in the grass. Cause they have a real
3: pointy nose on them. Yeah, I was that. That was the one thing when you, I knew you were talking about catching. Some of your fish were pretty shallow, and I was thinking yep. I, you're going to have to burn that pretty good to keep it out of the rocks on the Suski anyway. Right, and that's where that big Colorado blade comes in, uh, or
4: the Indiana blade, because they resist so much. They have so much uh, resistance in the water that I mean, they really. I'm I'm barely cranking these things, and they're staying up. Okay. So you have a. You're, like you said, it's so shallow in the rocks and stuff. Uh, you have a lot more control over the depth of this in the water column because mm-hmm. that speed, that speed is so so much slower on a natural retrieve. Uh, okay. Yeah, that, that's another reason why I like those blades. And then, like I say, on clear water, I mean this is a pretty good size Indiana blade. It's a number six Indiana. Okay, and and you just got a lot more control over it. So I mean, I it's it's kind of unconventional because a lot of people throw throw those uh, you know the smaller blades and stuff in there, especially in super clear water because they don't want to spook fish. But I found that you know the aggressive nature of a smallmouth man is to hit, smack, eat, kill. You know, <laughs> that's just that's just their
3: nature. So Ooh. if you if you're getting fish on a reaction strike. They're going to react to that, and I think that it, yeah, that'll draw them from quite a ways away too. Because I just the in, and since I've started throwing <laughs> even the inline spinners, I mean, I'll throw and then ten feet away, I'll see the the weight mm. coming. To, I mean, it's they draw them from a good ways away.
4: Yeah. Yes, well, I'm glad
3: you said that because these these baits
4: also. Because of the speed, the way they allow you to slow down, and the buoyancy and the water column that they have when you when you retrieve them, you can use them like a weight bait too. And I have thrown them up real shallow, and and as long as you're ready to get them things working when you bring it out of that shallow water, as soon as it hits, I'm working it. That blade will slop around on top of the water, and it will look just like a, a shad you know, skipping or a minnow skipping or something coming up and then you can let it sink down a little bit. and But it, it just draws a, a lot of attention. I'm like
1: you. I've had them come eight, ten feet just to, just to smack one. You know, you were talking about, like, smallmouth being more active and aggressive and stuff like that. It actually reminded me of something that a, a comparison that I told my buddy a couple weekends ago when we were out on the water. I <clears> told <throat> him, to say, in, in my mind, you know, I I feel like I understand large mouth better. You know, I've, I've been trying to find small mouth, but I feel like I understand large mouth better because I feel like they're like me. You know, they're kind of lazy. They like to sit in the shade and just chill yeah. out and everything. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. small mouth, I feel, are more, more like Sean. You know, Sean's, like, real active. You know, he used to be, like, you know, runner, volleyball player, all all this kind of yeah. stuff. You know, he, he he's the athletic yeah. type that – that likes to, yeah. you know, just be active all the time, yeah. And that—that's the way I, f- I feel about smallmouth. So you know, I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm trying to understand Sean a little better <laughs> so I can understand so, small. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so that's a good me,
3: analogy.
4: <laughs> yeah, but I, let me add to that just a little bit. I, and I'll tell you something that I've, you know, over. I've been smallmouth fishing. I mean, I've just learned lakes here in the last. You know i'd say five years something about smallmouth that a lot of people don't realize in a way they're they're like us too in that the older these fish get the less they want to be out there in that current uh there's times when they have to feed and uh water conditions will dictate that they're that they stay out there I'm not I'm not talking about the 18s and 19s. I'm talking about the 21s, the 22s, the 23-inch smallmouth. I've had a lot of success uh, catching those big fish right up against the bank, right in the shade. Uh, I love it on Sunday days in a tournament because I know that if I can get out there, you know, mid-river and, and fish the eddies and the ledges, you know, I know that I'm going to get a good limit of fish, and they're probably going to be good size, but if, I, if I'm if i going for that kicker fish, I'm not going to be out there. If I'm going for that 20, 21, 22-inch fish, I'm going to find me a big sycamore tree on the New River that's sitting in a foot of water, and it's it's got a hole back underneath the cut bank, and I'm going to run everything through there I can run through there, because those fish will get back in there, and, and you will never know they're there. I've literally gone up that river, and I was telling the boy this today, I've literally literally gone up that river with a stick and run those sticks back under those roots and back in them holes and chase those fish out of there. I mean they're they're in there. They're hard to get to. I've dropped jigs down on, on in inside the roots. I've been standing right over top of them and dropped them down on those old the webbing in the in the roots and stuff and caught those fish out of there, even though you're standing right on top of them. So, so, yeah, I mean, in a tournament situation, yeah, I'm going to be out there fishing like most people are. I'm going to find me a good eddy. I'm going to find me a good ledge. I'm going to be out there working them. But when I want that big kicker fish, I'm going to go to the bank. Almost every time I'm going to go to the bank. So and I like, spent two days on the bank this so last tournament.
1: I, I fished the bank the whole time. So we're hmm. talking like calm water, like not much current? I'm talking
4: any kind of water. It can be current. I I caught fish this last tournament in moving water that was right on the bank. That was, I'm telling you, it was six inches deep, and I'm catching 17-inch, 18-inch fish out of them. The 19 on day one, I caught, I caught it out of six inches of water. On day two, I caught a 19-and-a-quarter. I caught it out of six inches of water. It was right on the bank, right on wood, and that's just where they were, and, and you'd never know they were there. I, I floated right over top of some stuff that I didn't think had anything in them and then come back to it and caught those fish off of it. So they're masters of disguise. They're masters at, of hiding and not letting you know that they're there. So, you know, you make a lot of casts, you know, 1,000 casts a day, 1,200 casts a day, and uh, and just keep searching for them. You're going to find them. You're going to bump one in the head, and he's going to eat it. And it, nine times out of ten,
1: if you catch one up like that, they're, they're going to be a good one. Well, let after hearing that, let me tell you something. So, you know, I've been doing the small river fishing here lately, trying to figure it out. And uh, here, you know, probably about a month ago now, I was uh, I was fishing Duck River down here in Tennessee. And uh, there's this, there this calm stretch. And over by the bank, you know, there's like some timber under the water. You know, it's about a foot of water over there. I cast over there. And I got hung up on that log, and I couldn't get it loose, so I had to go over there to it. And whenever I got over there, I'm telling you, I saw a monster fish swim away from where I was hung up at and swim down. And I, it was so big, I was like, there's no way that was a bass. It looked like a bass, but like, there's no way it was a bass, because that was huge. Yeah. And now you're making me think, like, that, that might have been a huge so, bass sitting right there let me give you a good example of
4: what these fish are capable of i was down at the uh, i just recently fished a tournament on hartwell and you know a lot of people in, in hartwell they're down there this time of the year they're going out, and out there and they're fishing deep and they're fishing the cane uh they call them cane trees or something they put them in buckets and they drop them down and it's just big sticks sticking up and all that deep water and i that kind of fishing is not for me i just i'm just not very good at it and uh, i found a bunch of willow buck you know buck brush just willow trees and just scragglies just scrub stuff you know growing in a flat that was you know at most it was 14 inches deep in spots water temperature is is 92 degrees it's the the heat index outside is 103 to 105 i mean it's just Mm. a blistering it's a blistering day i got back in that buck brush and i was taking a uh, uh, a a mag fatty z by uh, z-man it's just a big floating big worm and i was just dropping it i was right on top of this stuff Now, I'm talking 14 inches of water, and what I noticed was while I was fishing this stuff is all that willow buck was growing in kind of a soft bottom area. Uh, It had a little hard bottom about four inches down, and what these big bass were doing, and I I caught some fives and sixes during practice in there. They were getting under that willow buck, under the main stem, and they were eating out a hole underneath of it and just laying in it. And they were just laying directly underneath it, and they were shaded at all times in that willow buck. But they had got under oh. there and was laying under that willow buck. N- not just one, but several different areas that I went to. I caught some nice fish in there. Uh, hmm. I ended up fourth and fifth, uh, respectively, on day one and two in there. But day day two was because I had, I guess, a bass boat had seen me back in there earlier catching some ones during pre-fishing and they were they were on my spot when i got there on day two so and that happens too but those fish those fish should just ate out holes underneath that stuff and i guess you know at night time if they wanted to come out and feed they could uh, bluegill were hanging in the tops of those bushes and stuff and they didn't have to go far to get anything to eat i mean they would come out and bust the bluegill and go back there and lay in the shade again but they were in constant shade under that wheelbuck just because they'd eaten out that hole. The, all the, it was a foot to 14 inches all around the stuff, but underneath that thing, it was 18 inches deep. And that's plenty of room, as we all know, for a big bass to be laid.
1: Now, how do you see that they're that dug out a hole in, or in there? Is it like just on a fish finder that you're able to see that? Or is it just kind of what you put together in your head for
4: no uh being
1: in there or uh, no what it's more analog than that <laughs> i
4: dropping my jig in there i could tell the difference because uh i drop on the outside of it and it goes i can see and i'll reel my tip down to see how deep it is because the water was stained and i'd reel my tip down to the top of the water and when i pulled it out i say, oh well that's 12 inches 14 inches deep well, when I got over into and, and around that buck brush, I would drop it in and it'd be it maybe 18 inches or two feet from where I just dropped it. It was, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18 inches deep around it. So I knew that there was more room underneath that stuff. Uh, plus, I caught a seven pounder out of there. <laughs> and uh, Man, see, wrapped, I don't. he wrapped me around it and I had to run my tip down in there. And I noticed it was deeper then too, but just just dropping that stuff and and you'd be surprised you can get right on top of those things and just drop your bait right down on top of it never make a cast never make a cast and just drop
3: them right down the top of it
4: that, it's, I, it's really cool to fish
3: i've had that happen to me like i'll get hung up and like i remember one time i was fishing a senko and i got hung up way back in wood and i had to paddle right up to it and i'm like well since right. i'm here i'm just gonna flick it back in there and bam you know yeah you wouldn't think they'd hit it with you sitting right on top of them, but yeah, they. They will they, though. Yes, sir. Yep, they sure will.
1: They think, I I'm need, <laughs> I need to pay more attention while I'm on the water because I would probably <laughs> never notice that. Mm-hmm. There's. I I go
4: kind of by uh, this this one rule. There might be a school of fish laying deep out there on 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 a a drop or a point, and there's certain times of year that I I will go out and fish those areas. But even in the middle of summer, in South Carolina or Georgia or Kentucky Lake, there's always going to be fish shallow. The thing that separates those fish that are actually shallow, and there might not be as many of them, if they're shallow, they're active. So even if you're beating the banks in that kind of weather and that kind of heat, and you and you're catching you catch you'll catch fish shallow those or you get close to one most of the time they're going to hit because they're up there for one reason they're up there to feed uh, or they're in shade or whatever but uh shallow fish any time of the year are going gonna to be your more active fish nine times out of ten uh, and i that rules it's paid off for me i have to cover a lot of, a lot of territory that's power fishing 101 you know Uh, just hit beat the bank sometimes but uh, it works you know if you're
1: able to do it every time i talk to river guys my mind just gets blown because i I, i'm just now getting into the river stuff
4: man i love Uh, the rivers
1: i i should have been doing it all along i you know duck river down here you know before i really got into this podcast i didn't think that it was really a like a good fishery i'd caught a couple like small bass out of it but like i'd never thought of like i'm like man it's so small there ain't gonna be no good fish in there and then when i started this podcast started talking to people started talking to more local people you know got in the community a little more so i realized that it's actually like one of the best smallmouth uh, rivers here in tennessee Mm-hmm. And I'm five minutes away, and I ain't been fishing this this Damn, whole time. You no, know, yeah, yeah.
4: I fished a duck a couple times. I've caught some some nice fish out of it. Uh, you know, lakes can be kind of daunting to somebody
3: who's not used to them. Like Sean, here, you're you're a river fisherman, right? Well, I fish lakes too. I have small yeah. lakes by me, not nothing like Gunnersville uh-huh. or anything. They're so all you got. Tiny. Uh,
4: you got a lake like Kentucky Lake. That's what sixty. Five miles long,
3: or something oh, yeah. like
4: that. And yeah, yeah. You got Chick. You got you got Guntersville. You got these big lakes. But what you got to remember is, and the way I, I kind of look at it is, uh, a river is just a microcosm compared to these big lakes. These lakes are all backed up rivers. If you if you want to learn how to fish a lake, and, and or want to learn what lays over from a river into a lake uh, environment, in 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 terms of of structure is look at what you're fishing in a river. You have uh, rock points that come into the river. You have holes. You have current here that uh, position your fish. You have, you know, slow eddies and stuff like that. Well, everything is slowed down on a lake, but all those things pretty much exist on those lakes, especially if they're pulling water, you know, for or, for hydroelectric or something like that. Um, if you can overlay your river onto a big lake, like that it might help you out because all those little rock points that you're fishing in the river and catching fish off of that are blocking that current they do the same thing in a lake a lot of times uh, especially if they're pulling Uh, interest the 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 added thing the added thing that a lake can give you is you can still find those river type environments like uh, on kentucky lake when i I wanted to be on kentucky lake last month and all i did was fish a, a creek a creek that would run into the into the lake there, and again you had that environment where when we launched into the lake our water temps were 92 degrees, 93 degrees, but when we got up in that creek it was 84 degrees up in there, 82 degrees. Uh, the creek had a lot of eight out holes in it, had a lot of laydowns in it. The water was crystal clear, and you couldn't really see anything in in there. You didn't really see any fish. But they were in those holes hiding in those dark recesses, you know, just like big bass do. And I was really surprised at the size of fish that were in those creeks. Uh Corey Dryer and I, a good friend of mine and, and fellow angler, I mean, we were up in this creek fishing and and I was sh- we were shaking fish off. It was during pre-fishing. And uh I had one about 17 inches, you know, on on a worm that I cut the, the hook off of, but I was just throwing the worm, you know, with the sinker, you know. And he had it in his mouth, and you just keep steady pressure on him, and then you can get him up. Well, I got him up, and I said, "Oh man, look at there, Corey. I said, there's there's a 17 inch And at the, about that time, this fish had to be eight pounds. He come out of nowhere. I mean, he was he'd been sitting right in front of us the whole time, and I didn't even see him. He came up and hit that fish right in the side of the head, trying to take that bait from him. And that, <laughs> fish, that fish was probably eight pound. I'm talking an eight pound bass in three and a half four feet of water in in a creek. Wow, and I mean Corey and I, both of us looked at each other was like, "Oh my God, did you see that?" I mean, <laughs> it, it was crazy. It was crazy. And those fish are in, so. You have that environment in these big lakes where you have a lot of feeder creeks come in, and if you're not doing any good out there on beating the banks, don't waste your time out there. Go find some cooler water in these in these summertime conditions. Get up and find place a spring running in or something, and and see if it doesn't change your luck. Now.
1: I'm just, I'm just curious. You know, by talking to you, it sounds like you do a lot of shallow water fishing. Do you ever do much deep water fishing? There's
4: certain times that I do. Uh, a lot of times, these fish will position uh, in deep water. I mean, coming off of winter time or uh, going into uh, uh, winter. Uh, sometimes, you know, there's a there's a period of the year where they like to move a little bit deep, and uh, a lot of people say, you know, well, after the spawn, man, they go out there and they lay deep. Well, that's true for some of them, but they don't all do that. Uh, I found that, you know, just as many will stay shallow, they'll run up in the creeks and they'll find a place to lay for a while and recoup it and, and feed up because there's always bait fish in those creeks. And I think a lot of it, is, it has a lot to do with positioning on, on, on bait fish and current flow. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if I'm fishing 12 to 14 feet, that's deep for me. That's really deep. Now, on some of these lakes like Ouachita, uh
0: you know, the big. Uh, Freezing up, up on us
3: a little bit there, Jody. I wonder if the microwave's causing interference. Um. <laughs> <laughs> there we go now we got you back
1: yeah sorry you froze up on us there for a minute you guys froze up on me you froze up on me man yeah we got you now so yeah i'm i'm rarely in i'm rarely in over 10 feet of water that's awesome to know that one of the one of the you know biggest names one of the best kayak fishermen um like, all right, man, you don't, just, you're just making me blush now. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, it's true. It, and, you know, that's one reason why I'm such a big fan of yours, uh, is because, you know, you are so humble and, you know, you're, you're, you're a normal guy talking to you. But I, I tell you what, I tell everybody, I, I'm just an old hillbilly
4: that likes to fish, man. That, that's it. Uh, I'm so fortunate and so blessed to be on the path I'm on right now. Um, Next year I might not be riding this wave this high. I might be in, in you know, I might be in the trough next year. I don't know, but uh, things have worked have, out really good for me this year.
1: I have and a I'm feeling just... that's not how it's going to be. <laughs> 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 I have a feeling you're still going to be up there. You know, you were up there last year. You won the Hobie T.O.C. and uh, yeah. this year, how, how many wins you got so far this year? Uh,
4: five, I think. Five wins, I think. So.
1: Uh, and and that's I don't like fish,
4: major. They're, they're like all major trail games. tournaments. Yeah, I don't I don't fish many local tournaments. Uh, I haven't won any challenges or anything like that because I really don't have time to fish them. So I mean, all my wins come from you know actual show up meet up tournaments or the trail tournaments or the BOS series. So I, yeah, I'm very fortunate this year. I've done pretty well. Uh, yeah, and that's what makes it even 20, 20
3: cooler times. that you're the guy. You know if I rolled up to you next, uh, next to you, you'd still, you know, have a chat with me. It wouldn't be, you know, I that's was, that's what's awesome. <laughs> I can't imagine being not, man. I can't imagine not
4: being that way. It's just, I, you know, this kid that's just wanting to get into the sport, I mean, I can't imagine if the first person he met just blew him off, you know. Uh, I can't imagine what that would do to him as far as thinking about, you know, well, these guys are buttholes, man. I, I don't even want to get into the sport, or I, or I, I, you. I think you hamper their quest for knowledge because they won't be so quick to go up and ask somebody that they see on the water, or somebody that they're following on Facebook, and trying to learn something from. They won't be so quick to, to search, seek out that knowledge if they're shut down like that. And I mean, the new people that are coming into this sport right now, and there's a lot of them. I oh, think yeah. we have a responsibility to to bring those people into the fold. Uh, it's only going to be better for you and me if we do that. Uh, I think if that's we why Ryan an,
3: and I do what we do, just for that exact purpose. Yes, you know? I mean this is great. That's why I enjoy
4: coming on here with, with with you guys because you're, you know, you don't make any any bones about it. You say, "Hey, this is bass fishing fishing for noobs," you know, and I, I think that's great. It, and it it gets that audience all together in one spot to learn something. And I think we need more of that. I mean, you guys do a great job. That's why I, I've never turned you guys down and I probably never will. Unless I have a scheduling conflict <laughs> or something, but I love coming on. I love teaching. And uh, now
1: you're going to make me blush. You know, <laughs> <saying we're laughs> <a> good job. <laughs> good.
4: Turnabout's fair play. But yeah, I mean, I think we do, we have a responsibility. Uh, I, I'm fortunate to be where I'm at right now and and that gives me that gives me a lot of recognition and a lot of people see me more than uh maybe the normal guy in this sport you know that that is doesn't have the airtime that I have and the the more recognized we become in this sport the, the larger our responsibility becomes uh Just because, I mean, more and more people are relying on what we say and how we act. And do we carry ourselves with integrity? Are we honest about things? Uh, You know, I mean, it's a direct reflection on the sport itself, how we present ourselves. So why not? Yeah, I mean, you see me at a ramp and you want to talk, you know, unless I'm at a tournament and I've got 30 seconds to get in the water, I'm going to stand there and talk to you. (laughs) You know, I mean, if you got a problem at the ramp and and first cast comes, I'm going to be there with you, helping you get started if I think I can help. You know, Uh, but I mean, that's the way we all should be. I think we should carry ourselves. And there's some guys that do that. Uh, I mean, we got young guys like Jackson Orr, and I mean, he's those guys are the future of our sport. And he's a great representative of it. Cody Milton, another great representative. Corey Dreyer, man, you won't find a a guy that fishes with more integrity and intensity than him. Uh, You know, uh, I could just sit here and name a bunch of them all. Christine Fisher. I mean, she's another great uh, uh, representative of the sport. Uh, Jason Broach, Jay Wallen. uh, I I mean, these guys have have been in the sport for a while and they're they're free to share information. and that's what we need, and it's going to be us that that take it into the next the next level by bringing these younger people in. They're going to be the future. Long after we're gone, we want to leave something behind that says, "Hey, we did we did it right, guys." You know, that's what
1: I want. That's awesome, and that's that's exactly why you deserve to be where you're at up Amen there. To that, man. Up there in the top. Hey, man, I appreciate that. Thank you, thank you so much. But, uh, yeah, we're a little over an hour now, um, we're
2: Sean, no, no,
1: no, 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 <laughs> no, that's not what I said at all. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Sean, did you have any more questions about like spinnerbait or anything else we talked about tonight?
3: Um, I think we covered a bunch of it. I mean, uh, I, I'm definitely,
1: I, I can't wait to get back out and try it. So, uh, yeah, uh, I, I might. I, this is a. This is a might. I might put down my swim bait <laughs> in, in order to try give the yeah. spinner bait another try. You know, I, I talked about it here a week or two ago, I believe. But uh, I was off work for three months due to do this whole COVID deal. Yeah. And while I was <laughs> off, I, I put in a uh, a. I know I ordered stuff from Tackle Warehouse and I ordered stuff from uh, Fishing Online. I can't remember which one it was, but I, one of them I, I put in an order. Now, this one was Tackle Warehouse, and I ordered, you know, like probably three or four different, like, nicer, well, I say nicer, more expensive. So, like, they're in the 7 to $9 a piece range spinnerbaits because I was like, mm-hmm. I'm going to learn that technique because I've never caught a fish on a spinnerbait. Oh, and uh okay. and it took like a month to get it yeah and and, and that's why i i that's why i remembered that it was tackle warehouse because tackle warehouse is the one that took a long time to get to me the fishing online order i had it like at least within a week yeah. but it, it took so, me like a month but it took me very good about getting, but but good about getting their, their stuff out fishing online is oh yeah it took me about a month to get that package with those spinnerbaits. Well between the time of me ordering it and the time of me getting it, man, I done found that wicked willow uh by wicked weights that underspin. Yeah. Put a kite on it, and That's I've been hooked ever H. since. And I hey I, I ain't I ain't used a spinnerbait.
4: <laughs> You're cheating yourself, though, dude. You're cheating yourself. Yeah, I master try. master I as try. many baits as you can, and and whatever you build confidence in, go with it. I mean, I can sit here and preach to you about spinnerbaits all day long, but if you don't have confidence in it, I'm going to tell you not to throw it. But, in, in order to gain confidence and, and figure out whether you can have confidence, you have to throw it. Um,
1: See, you I will tell you gotta, this, Go ahead. I was going to say, you kind of got an idea in my head. I don't know if I want to say it on here or not. but No, I'll hey. I, I i go ahead and say you, it. You shared your secret. I, it might not even work. I don't know. Okay. But Okay. That Wicked Willow's got that little willow blade on it. Yes. So I'm wondering if I take like a little uh, Colorado blade, you know, like you were talking there about that go. Colorado blade's got more thump. But wonder if I take one of those and put it on that wicked willow? I guess it'd be a wicked Colorado at that point. But uh, yeah, <laughs> give it more thump. I wonder. I wonder what that would do.
4: Well, you'd have to use one that was small enough where it wasn't bumping the bottom of the bait.
1: That's what. Okay, here's yeah.
4: really yeah.
1: one of these little ones in the middle. Yeah, that number two. That's what, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Well, I, that's. It's hard that might that might be the ticket, dude. And I that's know. the
4: way that's great. Hey man, try all that stuff. If you have an idea like that, man, just if you got the time to do it, do it. Go do it. I mean figure it out. Because that's the way I figured out these baits. I'm like, man, I just need something I've got more control over. I need something that, you know, that they'll hit on a fall and, and heavy current and muddy water and you know, I'm just kinda put two and two together and that's how i come up with this little you know little arrangement i got here um and thing about especially on the Susquehanna, I'll, I'll leave you with this that shallow water man is on these rivers uh, especially the Susquehanna, don't overlook that shallow they're almost out of the water and when you're hitting those banks and you're sitting in maybe 18 inches or two feet of water, and you think, man, that's probably six inches deep up there or four inches deep up there. There may be a hole that you can't see on the other side of a log or, or anything, and those fish will pull up in there, throw those spinner baits up in there. They very rarely get hung on those big logs like that. You can slide them right over top of them, kill it, let it drop, pull it up again, and just change it up, change up your retrieve, and and figure out, and you'll figure it out, eventually you'll figure oh wow that fish hit while i killed it well that fish hit as soon as it hit or you know he, he come off the tip of that log or you know uh you you'll just pay attention to what you're doing and you'll figure it out there'll be a, there'll be a pattern that will jump out at you um uh, but just just don't overlook that real shallow water for the big fish and don't 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 throw it 15 minutes and put it up i mean That's, that spinner i'm terrible at that <laughs> well i'll here's here's the way it worked for me i, I knew i needed i was going to need bigger fish because i knew somebody's somebody always gets on the fish You got 112 people in a tournament right so you know somebody's going to get on the fish and you don't know what their pattern is or what that whatever that is but i knew that those big fish are on that bank so i stuck to that bank and even though i only caught i caught, maybe caught 10 fish the first day everything i caught was a decent size second day i stayed on them banks i stayed in that shallow water kept my pattern never changed from it i was catching 19s and i caught an 18 and 16s and 17s and they all come off that bank and and at the end of the day when i'm talking to a lot of my fellow competitors i'm not telling them hey i caught 13s and 14s all day uh i can catch 30 or 40 of them when i'm fun fishing but if you're in, in, in a competition <laughs> and you know that, you, that you're going to need those big fish, throw on them, man. Go ahead and commit yourself to it. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're three hours into a tournament and you're not catching nothing on, on a spinner bait, yeah, change. By all means, you know. You'll know soon enough whether you're throwing the right bait. You'll get a hit on it. You know, something will hit it short or you'll see something move on it or something. You'll know, you know, that you're doing something right. So, yeah, I mean, don't discount that shallow water. All the guys that finish in the top—if you ask them, go back and look at Christine Fisher's uh, recap. Uh, look at, uh, you know, some Cody Milton's recap. Look at some of the recaps and see how many times they mentioned the shallow water. It's 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 amazing where those fish are at during that tournament at that time.
1: Jody, I'm coming up there and I'm going fun fishing with you.
4: Bring like, it, man! If
1: you catch thirty or forty fish at fun fishing. I have still only caught like like the most fish I've ever caught in a day is like five, like. <laughs> Lord, dude, who
4: you hanging out with,
1: man? <laughs> nobody. Nobody fit, wants to fish with me. You know, I've been trying to nobody get Josh Stewart you. to go fishing oh, with me for a while. Yeah, <laughs> we'll
4: get you out I'm, of that, I'm man. A noob.
1: Nobody wants to take a noob out, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I do it all the time. I love it. I love to see people catch fish, man. You get up
4: this way, you give me a holler. I'll put you on some fish.
1: Definitely. Yeah,
4: when I when I get older than I'm 55 right now. I mean, I don't feel 55. I mean, I don't. As far as I'll never talk to anybody to see what 55 feels like, but <laughs> uh, well, well, you know, I you know what? I feel good, and you know, as long as I can, I'm able to do this. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to take people fishing that 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 want to go fishing. But there's gonna be a time when competing's gonna get too rough for me. I know that. I know it's coming. It might be 10 years down the road. Hopefully, hey, you I'll ask gotta- that. Expect-
1: you got about 20, 25 years for yeah.
4: that. I hope so. I'll be, I'll be
1: <laughs> the next big one,
4: man. I'll be out there in a, with a walker on the front of my boat. And, uh, but,
1: hey, Hobie, they'll let you use a trolling motor at that point. You reckon? Yeah. They'll adopt, you, uh, they'll you know, adopt you, the and they'll
4: call it the Queen Pity Rule. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but... the. Uh, yeah. Oh, man, I, Yeah, I, I'm, I'm probably at some point in, in the next seven or eight years, there's going to be a point where I say, OK, I'm, I'm ready. I'm, I'm probably going to start a guide service and, and I'm going to take as many people fishing as I can. So, I mean, that's kind of what I'm looking forward to later on in life. I, I'm, when I'm done competing, I, I'm not going to get off the water. I'm just going to do it in a different way. I want other people to get, you know, experience what I've experienced and been lucky enough to experience.
1: Well, sign me up as your first customer. I'll take out number man. two, man. <laughs> <Okay>.
3: <laughs> hey, I think you're gonna be booked at the same time.
4: <laughs> By then, yeah. I should have at least two kayaks that you guys can use. So. <laughs> hey,
1: I'll bring my own kayak. I, all I, right, that's man. not a big deal. We <laughs> plan right there. <laughs> you got it, dude. All right, man. Well, you want to shout out sponsors and and uh, all that good stuff. Sure, man, Uh, you know, uh, Fishing Online, Yak
4: Attack, I mean, both those companies, we all know Yak Attack. I mean, they're always making something that we can use on our kayaks, man, but they're, they're they just don't make great products. They're good people. Uh, I really have a a great relationship with them and, and they're just a good company. Fishing Online, like you said, man, you got your stuff that quick. I do the same thing, man. I've been in a situation where i needed something and they have overnighted my stuff to me and i mean they're just on it you know what i mean they they care about the anglers that they that they uh that represent them and uh you know dakota lithium i mean i've really for a long time i didn't need a, a battery for my stuff you know but man since since they came along i started using their products man i run everything off of them i can keep my phone charged i can power up my camp lights i can blow up my air mattress i can you know, and, and it's just a great company and great products. Um, Caching rods. I, I can't say enough about this new Icon series that's coming out. Uh, man, when it hits, if you guys get a chance to try one out, you need to try them, try them out. I mean, they're totally different. I mean, they got Kevlar grips, and I, I'm i a big fan of cork. I love cork handles. I, and, you know, I was like, for a long time, I was like, you're not going to get me away from cork handles. but this this kevlar grip thing they got they got on these new icon series rods I, i've really grown to like them man they're they're really good i don't think i missed a fish on that worm and jig rod the whole time the whole tournament uh i did have two fish that threw my base but it wasn't on that rod uh that rod performs really well they're tough they're, they're built well they're balanced well uh, cashing Cashing's a good company they're made in U, in usa dude I mean, right here in North Carolina, it's the same for uh, a great bunch of guys. Uh, uh, Yeah, uh, also, uh, man, Torquito. I know. You got a duck in there or what? (laughs) Uh, Torquito. I don't know what that (laughs) was. Somebody got an AR 15 out, man. shoot that guy he's taking way too much time uh. <laughs> get it over with i'm sinking over here <laughs> <Tough crowd. laughs> uh, man Torquido, like i said torpedo man i mean i've been with them for a while now and they're they're innovative they're they're if you're eliminating water there's nothing better to have um I can eliminate miles of water on a lake with a torpedo, and it just saves me so much time on tournament day. I know exactly where I'm going. I don't have to wonder about, well, what if I went over here or whatever, but they're just a great, great asset to have with you. Um, Hobie fishing, what can I say? I mean, Hobie. uh that 360 drive dude i've I've gotten in some of the biggest grass beds and just have little cracks to get through and then that 360 man i can just i can weave in and out of them i can reposition I, i hardly ever use my power pole anymore there are situations when i do but i mean it's almost eliminated the use of that power pole and i love my power pole don't get me wrong but uh who else oh man catch and i mean catch boards it's, they're going to be the standard, dude. They're going to be the standard. It just it is, is what it is. I mean, and, and you know why, because, well, I mean, if you've got the metal board, hell, they're practically indestructible. They're probably the most accurate measuring device out there. I mean, it's all machined. Yeah. I, I, well, look at them. I mean, all that yeah. stuff's AutoCAD, man. I mean, they're machined right. I mean, you set those tolerances on those machines, that's what they cut them with, you know. I mean, they don't lie. I mean you're talking zero tolerance machines i used to be a machinist i know what how he's making them and i know what he's working with uh and and the new i haven't seen the new composites yet they're they're going to send me one i haven't used one yet but i'm pretty excited about them a couple other companies that have jumped into the mix this year guys uh well one of them anyway uh is Realtree in the kbf arena i mean they've they've jumped in and they've done some good stuff for the for the the kayak fishing uh, anglers dz they're solid man they have they have pumped some serious money into some of these events and they do a great job and anybody that's familiar with them know that they can they can really deck a truck out with what they got man i mean josh is a great guy i mean he, he he's into this kayak thing and we need companies that are that are really they like the sport and they're interested in, being in it you know that, that helps with sponsorships but we can't do it without our sponsors you know uh I guess that's about it, man. I mean, if I've left anybody out, I hope my sponsors don't
3: fire me. But
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I think they can forgive you one time. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I I
3: I think you're doing well enough by them. Yeah. Yeah.
4: I don't have a lot of sponsors, really. I mean, compared to some of these guys, but man, I've got some great ones. You know, I like having having a relationship with my sponsors. Uh, uh, It just makes things go so much easier. If you if you like the people you represent and I don't represent anybody that has a product that I don't use. I mean, I that's I can't stress that enough. Don't jump on the bandwagon just because hey man, I'll give you ten percent off or this and that, because you can't properly represent someone unless you know the product you're using. You know what I mean? So yeah, just to all the young guys coming in here stick to your guns and and use the product find a product you like and if you do like it well if you want to pursue it make sure that you're going to use that product and and represent it honestly Uh, i don't know i'm gonna come out with a book of tips man i don't know and i might be able to sell a few copies of it i don't know but i just i just want to keep the sport honest dude you know Uh,
1: yeah i I don't like a lot of drama
4: i don't like a lot of politics you know i just i want to fish and i want everybody to be happy and it's not always like that but it can be you know uh, some of us have to try to keep an even keel out there and you know we shouldn't be fighting amongst each other man we
1: should be helping each other out you know what i mean yeah hey i, I, I said it not too long ago you know that's one of the things i love about fishing it don't matter what you're, how you feel politically. It don't matter the color of your skin. don't matter your religion or any of that. You know, we're out there to fish and I can get along when it comes to fishing. I can get along with anybody, you know, me too, man. It's the foxhole of life, brother. Yep. We're all all the same. Absolutely. So, uh, so social media, where are people going to find you at? Uh, man, I've got, uh, I'm trying to build some
4: of the the followers on my Jody Queen Pro Angler page. Uh, You can find me on Facebook on Jody Queen Pro Angler. Uh, On Instagram, you can go to uh, Jody Queen 8635 and uh, give me a follow there if you like. Uh, I don't have much on my YouTube channel right now. I've got some old videos of me and, you know, I I don't have a a lot of new content, but uh, I I'm going to something I'm going to have to up my game on in the upcoming year. Um, uh, I'm working on it. I've got me a couple GoPros again. Now they're up and working and running and I'm getting me, uh, some software to edit with. And, uh, uh, we're going to work on getting some more content, you know, out there for people to see on videos and I'll try to do some teaching while I'm, I'm at it. You know, I'll share some tips and stuff. And It won't just be me catching a bunch of fish or catching one fish or whatever, but, uh, I'll I'm just trying to figure out the best format that. to keep it interesting. You know, I want it to be interesting if I'm going to do it. You know, I don't want to do it. I don't want to half-ass it. You know, I want to. I want it to be interesting for people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I mean, that, I, I want to have the time to produce it right. So, uh, but I'm going to work on that. That's that's the shortcoming that I have right now is is my content on my YouTube, but uh, but we'll get it. You guys, if you guys hang tough with me, we'll we'll get some footage out there, some of the places I go and stuff.
3: I think if you're going to talk, people are going to listen. I I just have a feeling that's how it's yeah. going to go. <laughs> I, hope so. I, I do. And if I'm
4: wrong about something, I don't care if somebody tells me, "Hey man, you're wrong." I, you know, I, I'm okay with that. But yeah, I just try to tell people what works for me, and, and it might not work for you, but you don't know until you try. So, you know, and you might not do things exactly the way I do, but if you're out there doing it, you might find a way that's good for you. You know, uh, Gene Jensen is a great teacher. I mean, the fluke master, he, he teaches a lot of people. He's into teaching the world of fish. Uh, and there's some there's some great guys and great resources out there. And I, I would like to be one of them eventually. And I, I'm, that's something that I'm going
3: to work on. I think that's a definitely an achievable goal, man. Because you've got a
1: lot cool. of knowledge.
4: <laughs> cool, man. Cool. Thank you. Appreciate so, you. y'all
1: make y'all out there listening. Make sure you go follow him on his social media. Because I'm sure once he does start cranking out those YouTube videos, he'll be posting on there. So you yes. you'll be able to be one of the first ones to catch those videos but uh yeah man i appreciate you coming back on here you know like i said it, it's always a pleasure you know i'm a, I'm a big fan of yours just you know not only just your fishing but just your demeanor about the whole thing well, and thanks, thanks man i
3: appreciate that ryan thank you buddy all right guys well this has been nice the uh, yeah oh dude it was nice to meet you too uh uh, I hope I, I see just, you on the Susky sometime, dude. Next time you're there, I'm gonna make a trip. So
1: awesome, bro! Awesome. <laughs> now I'm uh, jealous, I might have to come too. <laughs> <laughs> you
3: can crash you in my place, Ryan. Along, <laughs> <we>? <laughs> 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 all so right. We'll have to get together and fish, man. Uh, that sounds amazing. <laughs> we'll see what happens, man. All right, well, this, uh This has been the uh, bass fishing renewed segment on the Pal and Fed podcast, uh, where we bring you the techniques, the tricks, and the tips to help you rip more lips. Thank you, guys. It's been fun.
1: Later. Later.
2: on all your jig and tackle needs.